Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Voice Spark Live, the late, late, late show of the Voice First community. I am, as always, your host, Nick, followed by Emily and Ben and Liam. Coming to you from across the continental United States. Right. So tonight we have the roundtable of the first day of VoiceCon Live, which I'm super excited about. And we also have our sponsor here in our virtual studio with us, Lotus Productions. Jim and Sam are going to be joining us. So I'm super, right. super excited about that. <clears throat> so let me go ahead and kick it over to Emily. You got any news? Hi. No. Um, well, I guess VoiceCon is <laughs> big news yeah. of the week. <laughs> and um, I was uh, watching The Voice Den yesterday, which Nick was a part of. <laughs> so that was really right. fun. Fun to see. Oh yeah, it's uh, it was pretty cool. I I, I you always you kind of you watch it and you wonder like how does Terry do all this? Like how does he touch all these buttons and make it make these like smooth transitions? Oh, and no. he, he's really kind of got it down to a science. So yeah. um, it was it was pretty cool being on the show. Uh, I was part of a couple questions that were asked. Um, I went ahead and waved the Wonder Word pop tail flag, so that that's all good. And uh, it was a great time. That's cool. I mean, yeah, man. I mean, well, I think about like Jeff, Jeff Langenberg has, what, what's that machine he has? He can like just pull in like intros and pull in like all this stuff and sounds and audio and all that other stuff. He's, we need one of those, I think. <laughs> I believe that he has a, um, uh, one of those uh, Elgato stream decks. The problem mm -hmm. is, is that I don't think that stuff works with StreamYard. I gotcha. don't believe it does. Although yeah. technically OBS has a virtual cam, so you <clears> could <throat> do. I mean, you could get down to the nitty gritty and do some stuff um, with that. So it is possible. Liam, you're scaring me. I don't even know what that means. I got <laughs> to keep, keep it simple, stupid, man. I can't. So it's yeah. a thingy that does stuff that looks cool. <laughs> there we uh, go. <laughs> that's, that's the technical that's, jargon term. Uh, nice. Thingy that does stuff that looks cool. So I think what I think what Emily neglected to say is that somebody else amongst us four will be on the next oh, edition of the voice. Yes. <laughs> I will be one of the voice influencers yeah. on the August voice den. <laughs> so she, I'm very excited about that. She's prime. She was like the first one they introduced. What was your what was your name? The the Duchess the Sonic of, the, the no, Sonic the Connector. <laughs> the Sonic Connector. Does that Somebody's involve hedgehogs? What's that, Liam? Does that involve hedgehogs? Oh, <laughs> I wish. Actually, my brother had a hedgehog as a pet. Um, oh, is it named Sonic? Because everyone does that. <laughs> no, I, I actually don't remember the name. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was it was really cute, but it was just uh, kind of hard to cuddle. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, so uh, yeah, basically the name comes from me being a musician and a someone that works in voice. So I'm connecting two people with sound. That makes so. sense. That makes yeah. sense. That makes sense. <laughs> so, uh, I, I'm surprised they didn't like call you like the Stradivarius of sound or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anywho, but yeah, that's pretty cool. That, that's really great. We'll, we'll definitely tune in. Uh, that should be a fun show, I'm sure. So Ben, what yeah, are you cooking? Well, I just kind of wanted to like comment on you know our our our, our uh, panel earlier today. There were some other things I kind of really wanted to kind of get into, and we touched upon it a little bit, kind of with branding and whatnot. But you know, I think you know what I wanted to continue the conversation a little bit more before we get into the rest of the show, and, and just saying that you know, guys, really have your value prop down. You know, just make sure that you it's clear to an everyday user, and it's simple and straightforward. You know, the, the skills that are in, in any of those actions or, you know, any apps in general, if you're, if you're going to go start, start marketing it, your value prop has to be immediately, immediately clear to people. Otherwise, they're not going to have the, uh, the, the attention span to even kind of sit around like, what is this doing? What is this solving? Or, you know, how is it entertaining me immediately? Uh, and I know we didn't really kind of get into it. And I really wanted to kind of bring that back back home and then have how that value prop and works into your mission and how that is directly relatable to your brand, right? And if you don't have those things, you can't market anything at the end of the day, I don't think. So um, those are all really, really key and crucial. And I don't think we really kind of 
dove very deep into that on, on the panel this, um, this afternoon. Uh, but I did want to bring it up on the show tonight. Yeah, and I think one thing to add to that is to know your users and know sure. your audience and just make sure you do the re do the research <laughs> so you get to the right yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we talked about it on the on the uh, on the panel today too. It's like it's just hey, do the homework. You got to do right. the homework to be able to get it out there in, in in the world. And you know, part of that is it's funny because I think even at how we you know we we long struggled for that. It's like, do we know ourselves? Know yourself first. Do the homework and really know what it is you're doing, um, and what your real mission is at the end of the day. And if you have that and you feel confident, that just it, it spills over tenfold, and, and your potential user is really going to have that confidence in you to deliver on whatever it may be. That's right. That's right, Hunter. That's right. Thanks, Solve Hunter. The problem. That's right. What problems are you solving? And 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 yeah. make it clear and simple to, to to people out there in the world. That's right. So <clears throat> Liam, bouncing over to you. Yep. What kind of news do you got this week? I know you said you were featured in an article or something. Um. So yeah, I got mentioned in a built-in article. Um. That mm. came out. Wow. Last week, and uh, it was kind of cool. We we discussed my experiences as both a developer and a, a purveyor of video games. Um, cool. For those that don't know, I, I've developed <clears throat> primarily in the audio game market, so I've kind of broke some ground creating games that people with visual impairments can play. Um, and so I talked about my experiences with that, <clears throat> my experiences playing a lot of mainstream games and, and the success and the failures that I've had and how that industry has kind of come along with accessibility. Um, so that was a really cool thing. Uh, I read a piece... Uh, today that uh, Amazon just added to the Alexa app. They've just added a widget. So now you can have Alexa on your home screen and get to it much easier and quicker since Apple what? has. Yeah, Apple's mm. got, you know, the limitations on um, how certain things can interact. So now you can have a little widget there and tap it and throw commands at it. It's pretty cool. Dude, so, really I, cool. I've got my... Um, I've got my phone on me right now. Let me try yeah, to bring it. <laughs> yeah. um, so um, let me see here if I can find it. That's actually really cool. Yeah, it is. It is cool. Um, I use another app for recording called Just Press Record, and you can stick a record button on your home screen. And so you literally just tap, and the app will open and start recording. Um, so mm -hmm. like I use it if I want to get like binaural audio from if I'm out in an interesting environment or, you know, maybe at a concert and want to save it for later. Not that you're supposed to do that. Not that I would ever endorse such a thing, but I mean, I feel like if you record it for your own personal use, then whatever, but I was you and all those grateful dead concerts, Liam. I mean, come on, man. You know what? <laughs> so, true story. I was actually at a dead concert when I was eight. Oh, That's cool. I, have yeah. I, thought, been I thought you were going to say you were conceived at one. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no. Um, I was not. Um, my my sister was on was a fetus uh, at a Grateful Dead concert. She was actually at the last Dead concert with Jerry. Oh, um, but I refused to let her count that because I'm like, you don't remember that. I remember my <laughs> concert. <laughs> uh, all right. So I think uh, people are usually too chill to conceive anything at a Dead concert. Honestly. Um, <laughs> thoughts, know, human th or regular thoughts, anything. It just doesn't. Pretty much, yeah. Doesn't compute. <laughs> um, so, with that being said, we do have some uh, special guests that are going to be joining our roundtable. I'd like to go ahead and play a short video of theirs before we bring them on. This is Lotus Productions. They've been our sponsor for the past two months. We're very gracious for that. And let's go ahead and press play on the video. It's kind of cool. I like the intro. So that was it. A little, bu a little bumper there. I loved how the transition was, went with the different colors and stuff like that as the name Lotus came up. And I also liked how the little square bounced from uh, side to side on the bottom, revealing find your voice. So I, uh, I think that was kind of cool. So with Very that cool. being said, let's go ahead and bring in Sam and Jim from Lotus Productions. Hey Jim, guys. thank you for joining Hi. us. Sam, thanks for joining us. No problem. Thank you very I'm much. We're happy. happy to be here. 
We like your show. We like the vibe of it. So we're, you know, glad to finally meet up with you guys. Awesome. Thanks. We, we try to keep it loose, professional, but loose, Good. but you know, define, <laughs> define professional. Right? We're, we're going into casual Fridays, Thursday night. So yeah, there you go. Right. yeah. <laughs> it's Friday somewhere. That's right. It is Friday somewhere. That's right. That's right. That's right. So, so Jim, thanks for, yeah, okay, thanks for coming on. And uh, if you could, Jim, tell us a little bit about Lotus Productions uh, for people who may not know. I know you guys are a voiceover company. You've been doing it for 30 years. You're out, out of New York, New York area. Mm -hmm. But what? Um, uh, just give us a little bit of background on how this came about and, uh, and how you got into this whole thing. Sure. Well, uh, Lotus Productions is is a recording studio. We're based out of New York City. At the moment, we're working remotely. We have home studios that uh, Sam and I are working on. We also, also have another young woman who works with us, and she has a home studio. She's up in Syracuse, New York. But uh, we're a recording studio. We specialize in uh, commercial recording and uh, globalization of advertising. So anything with a voice, we work with thousands of voice actors all around the world, across the United States, who have home studios. And in specific to kind of the topic we're talking about today, VoiceCon and AI, mm -hmm. um, about four years ago, we started to put uh, money aside and resources aside <clears throat> to develop an AI division. Sam Ufret, who will talk in a little bit, is in charge of that. And uh, when we look at AI and diversity and what it's going to mean for Lotus Productions and voice actors, uh, we're interested in the same things we've always been interested in. We push for diversity in uh, voiceovers and we're going to push for diversity in AI and assistance. We're going to work hard to find new use cases for voice actors and AI, how they come together. And uh, we're always going to work to, for, to find and build fair, equitable rates for voice actors so, uh, and for the brands too, so this uh, industry can grow. We're very excited to be at the beginning at the birth of an industry and uh, you know, obviously been in the business a long time. I look forward to it. And uh, the important thing is that I trust young people like Sam uh, to take my company into a new place. Nice. That's cool. Yeah, you know, it's um, it's something that I mentioned on uh, our chat at VoiceCon. And uh, VoiceCon is a two-day event that is taking place on Clubhouse. The first day was today. Tomorrow, they'll, we'll, they'll have another three-hour block of sessions going on from uh, 12 to 3 Eastern time. So if you want to join that, go to the Clubhouse app and you'll see a whole bunch of stuff on it. But um, the one thing that I tried to hit over that that I tried to tell these people was this is almost a resurgence in the voiceover industry. Whenever you think about it, because mm -hmm. it reminds me of those 1920, you know, uh, sitting in front of the radio, listening to radio ads and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But now it's just so much more. It's another level of that. It can actually be performing, um, you know, dialogue. <laughs> And being a, um, a brand, essentially being recognized as a brand based off of one's voice. So it's a lot more to it. It's a lot more robust, I think, than, than what came before it. But I still think it's, it's equal to that. And uh, I think it's awesome that you guys are uh, spearing, you know, kind of like spearheading that in the voice industry. Good. For sure. It's great. Yeah, yeah. For sure. it is, I talk about it a lot. It's kind of like radio in the 20s and late 20s, early 30s. Uh, you know, everybody knew radio worked. Everybody liked it. They put it in their homes, just like smart speakers. But mm -hmm. in the beginning, they didn't know what they were going to do with it. And then yep. slowly, slowly, a whole group of men and women, some became celebrities and some were just day in, day out players. They built an industry over the next 10 years. They built an amazing industry. And we're at the same point right now. So, Jim, real quick. Where did where did you work? Because I mean, I got to be honest with you. You got a smooth voice yourself. <laughs> were, you, were you the first, Were you like I'm gonna I'm gonna lead this. I'm gonna build my own studio. I'm gonna do my thing. Is that what happened? Like after you sort? Did you take a step back from it, or or how did that work with the with the creation of Lotus? Oh, well, well, I was I was never. I'm never a talent. I'm not a talent. Uh, oh, okay. I've always just been a sound man. Uh, Literally, everybody tells him that. Yeah, <laughs> it all the time. But it's uh, it's okay. It's it, it's much harder to be a talent than than you can imagine. It, in my opinion, uh, I was a location sound man. I traveled around the world for three, four years. Uh, I worked in the documentary film business. Mm -hmm. I think that was a tipping point for me to understand about globalization and how people have the same interests, the same ambitions, the same struggles all around the world. Uh, 
when I decided I wanted to get married and have a home life and have a family, you know, coach little league, see my kids in place. Mm -hmm. I realized that being on the road all the time wasn't for me. So mm -hmm. I lived my dream. I started to live my dream, found out it wasn't perfect for me. So I took a studio job in New York City. It happened to be a voiceover company called John Lotus Productions. John mm -hmm. Lotus was a very popular announcer in New York in the 60s and 70s. Mm -hmm. And he decided, he came up with the idea like, he didn't want to travel around to walk around town to advertising agencies. So uniquely, he built his own studio and he would record his own sessions out of his own studio. John was just like now. Uh, John was much older. Than, uh, I was like Sam and Sam was like, uh, you know, Sam was, I was John and Sam was me. So uh, I came to, John was an older guy. He wanted to get out of the business. Uh, so I started to work with him and just sort of changed the business by following technology because I was a little more of a mm -hmm. geek. I followed technology to different steps to grow our company in the voiceover business, expand the markets. You know, I did beta testing on ISDN. I did beta testing on Source Connect. Mm. So people just knew me as a guy you could go to and get an honest opinion about. Mm -hmm. And importantly, because John was a talent, Lotus Production has always been talent oriented. We, mm -hmm. you know, anybody can get gear, but <laughs> what we offer is the relationships with the talents. We understand mm -hmm. the talent and we're always looking for new talent. We're always reaching out to people, trying to build up their careers because if they can be successful, we can be successful with them. Mm -hmm. But should wow. you really talk, you should really talk to Sam though. Yeah. <laughs> so Sam's, Sam. Sam's one of your peers. Sam, uh, Sam kicking it over to you. How yeah. You so just as a heads up, my internet might blip out a little bit. No, that's all right. That's that's fine. What um? Ooh, how did I'm you sorry. get uh? How did you get hooked up with uh with Jim? How did how did that whole thing uh, work its way? So, um, in the wee decade of twenty of the twenty tens, I graduated in twenty fifteen from American University down in DC. Um, oh, cool. I graduated with a, a bachelor's in communication. Um, when I graduated, I was freelancing for, you know, Emily, you may actually be familiar with this, but I was a freelancer for WTOP and also for WFED, which is 1600 AM. At the yes. time, it was called Federal News Radio. Now I know it's called Federal News Network. So I freelanced for um, both of them. They were housed in the same building at the time that I was working there. And um, that's kind of how I got my start. When I was in college, you know, the first thing one of my major professors told me was be flexible. Everybody wants to be an anchor. Everybody wants to be on camera. Everybody wants to be a mm -hmm. reporter. Not everybody's cut out for it. Do what you're good at. And I was always better in the war room. I was better as a producer. I was mm. better bossing people around. So I always <laughs> made sure that I kind of, <laughs> I put those skills uh, to work at the radio station because I was a producer. I was an editor. I was behind the scenes. Um, when mm. the shows were live at WFED, I was a live producer for that as well. Um, so, you know, I, I got my hands on the board and things like that. And then, you know, it came to a point where I knew I wasn't going to grow there. So I decided maybe to come back up North, see what my chances were. And I ended up finding Jim and I've been there ever since it's been three and a half years. No, God, it's been four and a half years. Oh my God. Oh yeah, man. That last year was just a time warp. So, <laughs> oh God, yeah. I know. But, uh, this is my but, hiring uh, tip. Sam knows this. If, first, uh, if you're going to build that company, hire firstborns and hire Aries, particularly women oh. women who are Aries. <laughs> Firstborn, with, they just go and say, hey, congratulations, run my company. See oh, you I love it. <laughs> oh, if you're an Aries, when's your birthday, Sam? April 7th. Okay, oh, mine's, mine's April 5th. <laughs> yeah, oh, very nice. See? March 31st. Oh, there we go. See, so Emily, you can come work for us next. <laughs> Can't wait. We'll be, we'll be lovely. It'll be a great. Yeah, success. but see, I was born on Star Wars Day, so I think I win. I was born on May Fourth. Oh, there we go. Yeah, you win. You win. There it you is. You win. You win. So, um, uh, kicking it over okay, to Ben. Ben, uh, ben what do you yeah, got? Yeah, yeah. Well, Sam, yeah, tell tell us about some of these new initiatives that are going on. I mean, you're 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 taking things over on on the AI side and and uh, you know voice uh, voice tech side. Tell us some of the initiatives that you got going on right now. Okay, sure. So, um, as Jim kind of explained, you know, he put us on that trajectory to start working in AI. Mm -hmm. That was all his brainchild. He was the one. He just told us to do the thing. So what <laughs> happens now is basically uh, what we're doing is we're trying to get involved with Voice First and the voice industry to see how we can 
either make voiceover and voice industry parallel or we can merge them into one industry. Um, because the thing is, what we notice is there's a lot of uh, left brain, right brain divide between the two industries. You know, you have a lot of scientists, you have a lot of technical, mm -hmm. very um, button down kind of people in the voice world. And then you have a lot of creatives in the voiceover world in advertising. And there's mm -hmm. always kind of a disconnect between, you know, being able to communicate. So what we're trying to do is be the bridge between these two industries. So this way they can communicate. So this way they can collaborate. And what we're kind of doing at the moment is we're working with voice actors, uh, getting them synthesized. So this way they can start, um, you know, we could start testing to see what makes a voice tick, what cooks well, what sounds great. Uh, if certain voices work in certain niches and things like that, making sure that we're getting involved in, uh, making contracts equitable for talents, making sure that mm -hmm. they're, you know, for lack of a better word, not getting ripped off. So this way they mm -hmm. are being fairly compensated for their work and for their time and effort. So um, along with that, you know, I think it's pretty apparent that uh, the voice industry kind of has not a lot of diversity in it. Most AI assistants are geared white female or they are perceived mm -hmm. white female. So because of that, we're trying to make sure that we're bringing diversity into the conversation. So this way there are going to be people represented who um, you know, are black, Latin, have accents, um, come from different places in the world, speak different languages. It's really important. Cause oh, if not, then, oh. you know, it, it's just gonna be the same thing. Nobody, nobody wants the same thing. People want variety. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, um, you know, Aunt Alexa, oh, let me go ahead and put her on pause here. Or <laughs> but it um, it seems to me, uh, you're right. And, and it's funny, whenever you hear some of like the, um, uh, the other region uh, voices, like the Canadian version, it almost sounds like an American female trying to do a Canadian accent. <laughs> Or, you know, um, an American female trying to do an Indian accent or mm -hmm. an Australian accent. It, it's really weird. Like the, those uh, those other voices that they have, though, they, she's tweaked differently in different regions. If you go right. and you listen to her, you're like, uh, that doesn't sound right. Would it, would it be safe to say that they, they sound very Caucasian? Yes. Would that, would that be <laughs> Yeah, that would probably <laughs> the assumption. Yeah, because I, be I kind of think that's what... That's kind of what I gather. Um, I know Apple has done just recently now. There's there's different American dialects for the American Siri, um, mm. but I know that that's kind of been a recent. Uh, and I also noticed something now that they're doing a lot of is they're not putting. I don't know. If this is a word. I'm going to probably make up a word, but they're not genderizing voices. Um, so okay. Apple, for example, has voice one, voice two, voice three, and voice four. So they're allowing people to kind of draw their own conclusions and not sort of say male, female, Caucasian male, African-American male. Like it, they're allowing people to kind of draw their own conclusions from that, which I found very interesting. I like that. Google thought, was the first yeah. to do that because Google did yeah. colors. So there's pink <laughs> and red and blue and green. Um, for their voices. So I do find that interesting, something that I've noticed and, and found fascinating. So what you're sure. saying, William, is I can hear, um, sorry, here's what I found on the web in tons and uh, different different male accents for Surrey, because that's the only There's, response she gives you. Oh, here's what I found on the web. Call yeah, my here's what I found on the web. What I found on the yeah, web. Um, yeah, they've got they've got four different ones for uh, U.S. now, which I, I thought was interesting. Um, That's cool. But I did find the numbering interesting and the the colorizing interesting. I don't know what it is with me and Ising today, um, but I do find it interesting that that's what they're going for. Yeah. No, it's like in, it's kind of in line with uh, our, our our guest from last show. You know, like you know, we we had this. You know, obviously we had that discussion of uh, of even gender or or proper names or anything like that. It's yeah. kind of like homogenizing that. It's that's a really interesting point, Liam, and it's interesting to see kind of where that's going to go. Like, I'll take uh, the blue voice. Wait, what? You know, what is how, how does that translate? But. But uh, that's really, really fascinating. Sorry, Jim, I, uh, you're about to say something there. No, it's fine. Yeah. Well, 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 we're interested. Obviously, there's those generic voices that are on those platforms. But when we talk to brands, we're looking at casting mm -hmm. voices just like we do in the normal voiceover business. Mm -hmm. But when we cast AI voices, synth, synth voices, voice dubs for them, we're going to cast mm -hmm. very specific in a very vertical way. Uh, mm -hmm. We always talk about how the voiceover business historically has been a very horizontal business very flat business, but in the last five years, it starts to drill down vertical where we're dropping mm. 
voices onto programs that are very specific to zip code keywords that you might search mm. on Google. So we're going to have to cast whether AI or with live announcers uh, in very specific, very and very specific ways. And that alone is going right. to create diversity. That alone is going to create inclusion. So For even sure. though there's a commercial thing behind it, there's a commercial purpose behind it because that's what the internet's about. I think you're going to find number one, you have young people like Sam in the industry, young people like Jillian who works with us in the industry. And so naturally they bring diversity and inclusion into the conversation, but the nature of the way voice is going to be delivered to you in the future will bring diversity and inclusion almost like seamlessly into it. And that's a good thing. That's yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine you get drilling really down into even colloquialisms with, but based on region, right? right? You yeah, know, Sam, I, I can, really kind of Sam can talk about our political campaigns this past year yeah. that were specific to that, particularly to the Latinx market. Oh yeah. So for about eight months, we didn't sleep last year because we were working on the Biden campaign. And what we were specifically doing was their digital campaign for their Latin markets. Uh, and basically we were primarily doing Florida and Arizona because those were swing states. Um, we had a slew of different actors that we worked with and they would read the same copy but it would have the regional accent of where they were trying to target. Mm. So in Florida, mm. you're typically thinking maybe more like Puerto Rican, Cuban, Dominican, uh, Colombian, Venezuelan. In Arizona, you're thinking more Mexican, more Xavi. So you're, you're thinking kind of more of those accents when you're over there. You know, if you try to put somebody with a Castilian accent on either of those, they're not going to connect with Impossible. that. I was going to say that's not. so important to have your yeah. viewers or listeners connect with that voice. Mm -hmm. And because it really does so much more to pass that message. It's it's like living up here in Chicago. If, if I want to advertise something, I'm going to want to use somebody from this area versus somebody from another area mm -hmm. because you're exactly. not connecting on that same sort of level. Yeah, because they want you to be relaxed. They want you to be comfortable. And of course, like all advertising, they want you to trust it. So they want you to exactly. trust that smart speaker voice. They want you to trust that message that's coming from a politician. And that's all about making people people comfortable and that's somehow playing the game of making the voice very specific. So as Sam sure. can point to how we just how we had the same copy, but it changed. There was nuance in joke or words or things like that. Yeah, like there would be the colloquialisms, especially in Spanish. Like you would have. Okay, I don't think I'm allowed to. I'm gonna just for the sake of things not curse even in Spanish. But there is a phrase. Am I allowed to? Am I allowed to curse? Okay. I don't think I don't think there's a seven second delay, but it's okay. I don't think we're gonna get. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. I oh, will FCC use this as <laughs> all right. I'll use this as an example. Um, obviously, we couldn't curse in the campaign, but we had substitutes. So the substitutes uh, for the Arizona was no mames, which I think if anybody's Mexican, they know what that means. It's like, hey, no mames, way like, hey, don't fuck with me. You know what I mean? And then we would say no manches. That's like the polite way to say it for the Arizona market. And then as a Puerto Rican, I could speak very heavily to this one, vete pal carajo, which means go to hell. So we would just say, ay, vete pal. That's what we would say in in the uh in the florida market so you know it was really funny we tried to make it as really nuanced as possible and we made sure that these actors had lived either in miami or in the arizona or the the southwest mm -hmm. area we made sure that they were from those places so this way they could actually connect and you had to be so hyper targeted because you needed to make sure they went and got out the boat that was so mm -hmm. important at that point. So that's why mm -hmm. we need to make sure we could connect with them. You know, I think a lot of people, I say this so much. I mean, this is something very normal for me, but I think every millennial and everybody from Gen Z grew up in the age of corporate distrust. Basically, it means we don't trust a single company we've ever heard of, <laughs> ever, ever, ever. So if we hear people who are like us, we're more likely to trust them. So that's that where all makes, of that, that comes makes a from. Lot of sense, yeah, because yep. you see so many national campaigns, and you can just tell that they're targeted nationally, um, mm -hmm. and it's it's rare to see uh, local. And it, it, I mean, as somebody that I actually dabbled in voiceover and went to school for radio and, and found it really interesting, it was it was something you never really discussed because everybody, when you went to school, it was all about having that midwestern accent. It was about mm -hmm. um, having the the sameness and. But it's so interesting to think about these, you know, advertising and, and really that sort of niche marketing of not just marketing the product, but marketing the voice to the product. That's super yeah, true. And so many different uh, varieties with 
even within a state, like it's, it's insane. <laughs> I'm just thinking like here in Illinois, you've got Chicago and everywhere else. And it's yeah. crazy how different just those areas are. And so marketing on that scale and just geographically is uh, really both amazing and intimidating. So, I mean, it sounds like sure. you guys have that nailed down and it's very smart, actually. I would have never thought of that. So that's cool. One of our keys that and Sam knows is it's about it's like first you got to dream it, then you got to learn about it, then you got to do it. And that's what, you know, that's, you know, if people, how come we've been in business so long? I've been doing this since the 1980s. And that's why I really believe in that. Yeah. And trusting myself. Like when I first time I met Sam, I was like, yep, she's great. Let's work with her. And I just, I trust my instincts. So, nice. so meet, meeting nice. you guys today, I trust you too. You're great. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's funny. I was thinking about that. You know, I, I you know, having to move to New York, it's I, where Nick and I are originally from Western Pennsylvania, there's some pretty heavy accents and thick accents there that aren't Midwestern and aren't Southern, but yet a hodgepodge of both. And we have our own weird, quirky, unique language, but <laughs> moving here, you know, I really kind of drill down and maybe it's a generational thing, uh, Sam, where it's like your, your generation is probably like, like you said, uh, they, they, they get deep into the like colloquialisms and whatnot. We, we were like, Oh yeah, if you want to be professional and, 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 um, you know, be someone in the world, you had a non-regional yeah. dialect, which is kind of, kind of a wild thing. Uh, but now it's like, when I hear an accent, I'm like, Oh, that's great. I love that. Thing. Yeah. I love hearing, accents. you know, I love, I love hearing those, those yeah. different details and voices and whatnot. So that's yeah. really cool that you guys are doing that. And I think, um, it's really important, super important. Yeah, Emily, what you got? So I, I was wondering, um, what your talk on VoiceCon was about, cause I, I yeah, wish Sam I had been on. able to go to all of the all of the rooms. I was on today. <laughs> Jump on yeah. tomorrow. We missed them because we were on. It's like we wanted yeah. to hear everybody. I know, <laughs> I know. They were all at the same time. You know, to be honest with you, before Sam continues, that's the one, or before you guys continue, that is the one thing that I hate about Clubhouse. The fact that you cannot record or somehow yeah. archive a session. You can. I, how? You actually can. Uh, you have to download the uh, desktop the version host. called Club Deck. Oh, Club Deck. Yeah. And then you can record Ooh. the um, the yeah. audio. Oh, I actually recorded our Are we allowed today. to say Club Deck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It works really well. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think there's a real problem with it. I mean, I, I haven't heard Clubhouse well, complain well, about it. Maybe not for Club Deck, but I plugged my phone in because I thought I'd be smart and use QuickTime. Mm -hmm. The thing came up and it was a warning. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. essentially, it would not allow me to do a screen grab. It's like, no, wow. you can't do this. Yeah. <laughs> it was wild. Oh, wow. So wait, was I not supposed to say I used Club no, Deck? Sam, Sam <laughs> was right. I, don't, See, I told you she was late, great. late, late show. I didn't know. I thought that was part of Clubhouse. I thought that was part of their tech. I didn't realize that wasn't. No, them. it's a uh, it's a third party <laughs> app, but they haven't really complained. So it's like, I don't I don't think. Is that the same creators? Remember, remember TweetDeck? Is TweetDeck still around? TweetDeck? Oh, yeah. I TweetDeck. Think Twitter yeah, owns it now, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, wow. Twitter really? That. Yeah, Twitter bought that. So I brought yeah, that, up... Go ahead, uh, Nick. I was going to say, I brought up the website here, and... Um, Looks Canadian. It is... <laughs> what's that? Looks like me? Is that what it looks Canadian. Canadian. <laughs> oh, it looks Canadian. <laughs> Oh my god. Are there maple leaves and stuff? I mean, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's definitely Terry Fisher's uh, website. <laughs> it looks Canadian. So um, if you click on schedule, um, uh, we'll see what um, panel uh, Jim was on, Jim and Sam. No, no, Sam was on today. I'm on tomorrow. Oh, so you weren't on you weren't on today. No, I was just in the audience. Oh, so it was just <laughs> Sam. Well then what are you oh, guys yeah. doing? What are you guys doing tomorrow? Well, talk, you can talk about what Sam did today. <laughs> all right, well, Sam, what did you do today? Okay. No, okay so you, I'm all for going forward, but so you worked on so you worked on the future proofing sound and voice branding, right? Yes, that was the one I was on today. It was noon. It says nine a.m. there, but that was Pacific. I was on noon Eastern. So for anybody cool. who's wondering, wait, what do you mean you were on twice? So I'm just clarifying. So uh, break this down for me. Um, uh, how was your room? What what happened? Yeah, so um, our room was really nice. It was super mellow. It was me, Gina Isham, oh, Daniel. Oh, my gosh, I can't remember his last name. And then Daniel Hill? Yep. I think From that was a the one from AARP. Yeah. 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 
And then um, oh, yeah. Ron Jorowski, Um, I forget what his company's from, but I know he's based out of Israel. Trinity. So I know Trinity. 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 There we go. There we go. Yeah. So it was the four of us. We were talking. It was kind of like a roundtable about what can we do to, you know, future proof, maybe not the right word, but how do we make sure that voice goes forward and is in equitable business and what will make it equitable, what will make it uh, pursuable and what will make it fair to work in. Um, mm -hmm. So a lot of what I spoke about specifically, you know, I, you heard me say equitable about like six times already since this started, <laughs> but it's really kind of making sure that things are fair to all parties all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I think anybody who's in the voice world knows about the story of Siri and the imperpetuity problem. So mm -hmm. basically, um, you know, nobody knew Siri was going to be a huge success. So they just created a contract for imperpetuity for the voice. Um, obviously, that set a standard. Now that's kind of the only standard that the big three use. So, you know, like mm -hmm. Amazon, Google and uh, Apple. So it's kind of a problem. Uh, you know, it, a lot of actors feel like it's not fair to them because, you know, it's their voice. You know, things can be made to the, it, the voices can be made to say things that they may not say. You know, they're worried about it saying slurs. They're worried about it saying certain curse words. They're worried mm -hmm. about uh, it potentially damaging their career down the line because, you know, when it's in perpetuity, you own that. And then you, like the company owns that. And then they can't work in a specific market or genre, depending on who buys that right. So it becomes a problem. Um, so I talked a lot about contracting in this. So, you know, a lot of people kind of neglect the legal part of this. That's what's going to make this continue to go forward. This is what's going to make collaboration continue. So, you know, mm -hmm. the technology is changing all the time. How like how likely is it that we're going to need a voice in perpetuity when technology is changing every 18 months? It doesn't make right. any sense. So we have to get contracts that reflect those changes in tech as well. Otherwise, it's just going to keep being more of the same. You're going to have a lot of resistance from voice actors doing this. And mm -hmm. then, you know, it's going to just be this more of the same. And that's not good. We need to just make sure we could change that in a very grassroots kind of way. Yeah. Right. Because sure. I know when when the original voice that was used for Siri was recorded, um, I believe they were recorded way earlier. And it would wasn't it done by Nuance for some other right. products and it just it came became huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. I don't think there like you said there was no sort of like un, no one knew like that that was going to be a big deal right. and I yeah. mm -hmm. I didn't know all the stories about, you know, the contracting the rights but yeah, I'm sure there was a lot of shortchanging going on uh as far yeah. as that went because yeah, sure. it's like all of a sudden this voice that you recorded for a company that was being used for like embedded systems. I mean, that voice is on, was on so many ATMs was in so many products. I mean, as somebody that's blind, I mean, that's a voice that you hear constantly. It actually has the um, code name of Samantha and <laughs> is on everything. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. You ask a lot of blind people, they can tell you what their voices are based on the internal names that they're given. Ah, okay. Mm -hmm. um, so it is very interesting how that is just everywhere. Yeah. yeah. You know, I wish we, I wish our, I wish our panel could have merged today because at some point we had a, a very similar discussion. Uh, I can't remember the the uh, uh, the person's name, Lisa Lee. I think I was think her the, name. She. Yeah, I think she, that's right. And she does voiceover work as well. And you know, we we actually dabbled into like you thinking about, uh, and this was something i brought up but you know you think about you know the the sound of the subway and i can't remember her name and i'm forgiving her name but she's like the voice of, of you know the mta subway and then it's funny because i heard her voice again when i was in mccarran uh, airport in las, in las vegas i'm like oh my gosh i know i know that voice <laughs> but if 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 in, and that is literally the voice of, of you know mta for the most part um other than stand clear of the closing the doors, doors you know <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wonder what that guy's doing. Uh, but anyway, uh, but the, the, that voice was so recognizable to me, and hopefully, the you know contracts like that are, are, are you know laid out more fairly. And we had a, a really, really, really good discussion about that at the same time. You know, pay the talent when you're coming up with your branding and, and whatnot. Make sure that it, that it is fair and equal. And man, I wish I had you guys on some of our panel. We could have like went back and forth. Some <laughs> yeah. we, we were more sure. on the marketing side of things, but it, it's all somewhat relevant, I think. Um, it really is. It, I think it all kind of goes together. For sure. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Definitely does. It, it Copyrights, usage, payment are of equal concern to both developers and voice talent. You know, they yeah. have similar mm -hmm. concerns. And uh, as Sam mentioned, we're trying to create a place where we share information, we're transparent about contracts and start to build relationships and some boilerplate deals that, you know, talents can mm -hmm. use and brand, brands can use to 
hopefully move everything forward because that's the and in the end it's the goal. We all, we all have the same goals, so let's just work together sure. to make that happen. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think one. Sorry, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, Oh, I was going to say, yeah, like uh, kind of how I said we have to merge the languages. The lawyers are going to be the translators. That's really what it's going to come down to. So it's very oh, important for entertainment lawyers, especially <laughs> ones that specialize in contracting, to get involved with this industry. That's what's going to help this really blast off into light speed. And we're going to go quantum when they get involved. That's yeah. when it's all going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So are, 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 um, in part, and part of what you guys are doing is, is helping uh, talent navigate those channels, navigate those, those uh, right. kind of... Um, um, yeah. you know, pockets of uh, trouble, I guess, if you will. Correct. Yeah. yeah. We obviously, besides being producers and directors and casting people, we handle talent payments. My sister and I, who also works with us, my sister mm -hmm. and I have been paymasters to the union, SAG-AFTRA, the performers union, all our careers. Yep. So we know a great deal about contracts for voice actors. And so mm -hmm. we're taking that expertise and bringing it into this new world of contracts that have to do with voice actors and AI and brands and developers. And it's, it's just an extension of what we already do. It's amazing how, I mean, I, I had a project last year that I'm still under contract for, but it was actually a, a film project. And uh, it was amazing how complex the contracts got. It was a non-union. It was a single buyout, mm -hmm. but uh, it was amazing to me just how little I actually knew when I got called and were like, Hey, we need you to come act and film and I was just like, I don't know anything about this. And it was great. Right. I learned so much in like a week. Just it's good. That, that's what we're, it. it's what we're recommending to talents all the time is like, hey, this is a new industry. It's inevitable that change is part of our industry. And yeah. now is the time to learn. Get familiar with this technology. Learn as yep. much as you can about it. So when the opportunity comes along, you'll be better at negotiating or finding the right questions to ask. It's all about learning and getting prepared. Oh, look. There's tomorrow already. <laughs> Friday tomorrow, has appeared on the big today. screen. Oh, no, it's still Friday. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm, so did, I'm, t I'm up tomorrow. So did you guys both um, uh, catch the keynote, the uh, the Woman of Voice mm -hmm. Tech keynote? Uh, yeah, what yeah. did you think of that? What was your uh, take on that? I did not get to because I was in the middle of a session, but I know Sam, Jim did. Sam was working. <laughs> I was doing my job, Jim. <laughs> I got to just listen. Uh, I listen for a living. That's what I say. It's a, it's a great job. I recommend it. Uh, the keynote uh, is always good. You know, Ropal Patel is a, is a great friend of ours. Uh, we're a big fan of hers and her company, Vocal ID. Uh, I know a number of the other women. I think Aubrey was on there from Audio Brain. I know they have the interactive virtual world, I forget what they call it, where you go into the room and you can talk to other people. It's really, it works really well. You should, if you didn't do it today, you should do it tomorrow. You, you take your little avatar into space and it's kind of like being at the high school dance. You can kind of like stay, get near a group and you can hear them and you're like hoping like, please notice me, you know, I, I can answer questions. So it's actually a fun experience. It works very well. I did it a few weeks ago on The Voice Den when uh, Dr. Terry first put it out. And it was a way to meet people and talk one-to-one. -one. Obviously, the pandemic has isolated us a lot, or we have this experience, which is great, but not quite the same as being in sort of a casual, everybody's just hanging out. I'll talk to you for a little bit. Hey, I got to go. I'm going over here. Yeah. Or you get to meet someone you've never met before. So I, I recommend that uh, platform that Audio Brain created. Uh, if I said their name right, I think it's Audio Brain. Uh, uh, so otherwise, you know, the keynote speech was great. You know, it, it's about be encouraging people. I don't think anything transcendental or deep was shared, but it was all about a lot of a uh, feel-good kumbaya thing, which I think the industry needs. You know, there's a moment for that too. For sure. So what's your uh, talk tomorrow about? Tomorrow I am with uh, Ropal Patel of Vocal ID. Oh, amazing. Uh, so it's, it's Ropal, myself, and a friend of ours, Christian Roselli who's a very talented voice actor who uh, in specific has had his, a voice dub made by Ropal Patel. Uh, Sam and I have uh, helped Ropal with casting a certain, a, a number of diversity casting, diversity casting. We've made a number of voice dubs, which we try to sell now. We try to market. So basically our, our panel is called scaling voice talent using AI. So what we've put together is a designer like uh, Ropal, a casting director, producer type like myself, and a voice talent. And we're going to try to talk about the benefits and challenges for each of us when we look at this new industry and uh, try to point out to people uh, all the good that is going on, uh, obviously, and try to 
maybe somehow organize the conversation about AI and voice actors. Recently, there's been a lot of articles and they're really kind of like clickbait and sensational. And you see a lot of voice actors come up and, you know, Sam knows this. We hear it every day. Oh, that's the industry. Should I get out of the industry? It's all over. And uh, it's a little sensational. You know, yeah, it's and, like uh, the people on the side of the street with the end is nigh sign. So little, little <laughs> yeah, hey, I have one, to be honest. That's, that guy's going to be right. That's that's one thing, honestly, as somebody that's really wanted to get into doing voice work mm-hmm. uh, has has kind of scared me a little bit. Uh, just because I'm like, am I going to be redundant? You know, and I, I certainly would not want to be redundant, but it sounds sure. like that that's not the case. And that yeah, actually kind of gives me warm fuzzies. Uh, a little bit inside. You know, on, on the reports that we're getting, the people that we're talking to, uh, you know, when, when it comes to me as a producer, I always want to work with an actor. You know, why, do I, why wouldn't I want to be involved, controlled, giving my direction? Why would I be happy with like, oh, yeah, give me a robot voice number seven? You know, like exactly. that's not a very yeah. creative experience. So yeah, there, yeah. Will be, there will be, and it's been talked to a number of times. There's there's a certain low level that initially AI voice is very good for. Uh, some disclaimer work, uh, uh, tr- uh, like scratch tracks. So you Pick don't up. have to hire an announcer. You can just do scratch tracks. Uh, those sorts of things will uh, go away. Eventually, some very short IVR work, like six seconds. Uh, those mm. things will go away, but that's only a very, very small portion of the voiceover industry. And you know, in time, 10 years from now, AI will have a bigger presence. But for the moment, you know, you know, uh, uh, Liam, you should get in. Liam, you should get in. Don't 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 bail out yet. We may need you. Uh, I'd love to. It's always something I've really been interested in doing. Um you know, I was I was talking to the director last year on the project I worked on. He's like, Yeah, do it, put together a reel. And I was like, Okay, and then I, I never made a reel, and I really need to do a demo reel. Uh, you can do a demo reel, not to get into a long conversation about voiceovers or how you get into the business, but uh, we hire a lot of people just because we meet them, you know, because we want that authenticity. Yeah. You know, you're a yeah. certain type of guy. Obviously, we're meeting you today. You're a certain type of guy. You got a real relaxed vibe. You're into gaming. And these are qualities that we look for in voice actors as we start to sell them to our clients. For sure. So we're, no, we're for looking sure. for we're we're really trying to sell authenticity. So uh, you know you you fit a certain mold, you're a certain style, and so we try to match you to certain projects. But in the cool. end, so Ropel, myself, and uh, Christian Roselli, we're going to talk about how we look at AI and think about the you know the challenges that face this this new industry and the benefits that it face that are there also for voice actors. I think it's yeah. going to be good. You know, if you know Ropel from Vocal ID, she's you know she's basically a genius. And then, uh, you know, <laughs> Christian and I are just sort of hanging on to her comet's tail, flying across the AI world. <laughs> so, uh, we're, uh, I'm really looking forward to myself. But we do help uh, Ropel and her team at Vocal ID. What uh, time is your oh, session at tomorrow? Noon, noon Eastern time. Yeah, oh, they're, they're, the they're, they're all at the same time. Yeah, it's, it's kind of strange. Now, Gotta now, love that, man. Now, now Sam can talk because <laughs> Sam works directly with Vocal ID's uh, – uh, plug-in tool that's called Parrot, and she can talk a little bit about that and how we uh, have have a, have a few generations of voices, Sam, and then obviously how you uh, you know control the prompt <laughs> once you type it in. Yeah. Uh, so so the way that Parrot kind of works is, let's say we take any one talent. I'll use Christian as an example since we've already kind of mentioned him. He uh, does about six hours worth of recording. From there, we cook his voice in the synthesizer, or technically, mm. Ru- Rupal does. <laughs> we just make the voices sound good afterwards. But yeah. she's the one who does all the heavy lifting. <laughs> and then from there, what happens is we get access to Parrot, which is like a web-based plugin um, for anybody who works with uh, recording programs or dolls or things like that. They'll know what I'm talking about. Is it kind of like, what is that, Descript? What's the newer one now? Yeah, but it, it blows that away. It does it. Oh, well, okay. okay. Yeah. So basically, if, just, what if the script is your sponsor next month, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're not. They're not. They're not. I was okay, just. Good. That's the first example I could think of. My apologies. No, no it's no, fine. But um, no, no, we don't worry. You're safe. You're safe. Okay. So <laughs> what happens is from there, uh, we'll type out the sentences. It will generate a take. That's kind of how we do it. So take one, take two, things like that. That It's kind of modeled after voiceover and being in the studio and things like that. And then from there, we have access to a whole bunch of things that can change the intonation. We can make it happy, sad, angry, terse. We could speed up the 
you know, we could speed up certain words. We could speed up certain portions of a paragraph. We could slow them down. We have the ability to manipulate the voice in such a way that we could get the correct tone that we're looking for. So um, we've already been doing a lot of tests with it. You know, Jim kind of mentioned disclaimers. We're kind of looking into doing disclaimer work with it. Um, a couple of things that we've noticed in regards to what we're doing is when there's a particular niche that a talent is good at, let's say that somebody's really good at commercials or really good at promos, that carries into their AI voice. It really strengthens their voice in that part, portion of what they do in their career. So it's going to definitely be a thing that will help them in the future because if they have access to their AI dubs, they'll be able to do um, AI synthesis. Not a they wouldn't do the synthesization themselves, but we'd have access to the voices, mm-hmm. and then from there be able to do the teeny pickups, like you know, changing a car ad from twenty four ninety nine to twenty five ninety nine, little yeah. small things like that, adding a syllable here and there, and then from there it's just like passive income. It's like a little bit of like a royalty or um, just like a something for having used the voice. It you know it'll be a lower fee than actually having the talent in person, but it's still passive right. income. It's very important. Right. Right. Found it's surprisingly is important. important. I mean, and it, yeah. I mean, it's amazing because yeah, you mentioned okay, add a word here, add a syllable here. You can actually kind of extend the life of of both that advertising and that uh, of that voice talent. Exactly. And, yeah. I mean, and, and the other thing is you're minimizing the cost in between, like having to go back in the in the, in the booth right. or anything to record that. It's like okay, yeah. Yeah, can you record twenty five, one... please? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, <laughs> it's, it's, it increases the speed of delivery, which you all could, you can always make money on. If you oh, can yeah. deliver faster, you can make money and you save and you save. So you're saving, saving time and someone to have to go in the studio. Fine. It's, it's right. much easier for Sam to type in a sentence or two than for me to make a phone call or send out a text saying like, hey, are you in your booth? We got to record these four or five lines that might only take an hour or two. But Sam can create that sentence in three, four minutes. Incredible. As long as you can deliver faster, you can make money. I think that brings up a pretty good point. I would love to see it. Do you remember back in like the late, late nineties, early two thousands, whenever they would do like censor, they would censor movies on like TNT and stuff like oh, that. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Like, oh. They still do that, believe it or not. They still do, <laughs> do, they still do that? That's horrible. They absolutely do. I just think it would be great to have like, you know, like, like something that actually sounded like Harrison Ford, say shut the front door at least if i could get just that i'd be happy yeah, but, yeah, yeah well, unfortunately that may be one of the jobs that go away obviously there's someone who's like uh you know what's a celebrity like whatever a celebrity like uh, harrison ford there's somebody mm-hmm. in in the world who is harrison ford's voice dub and he mm-hmm. comes in and he re- does those lines and yeah. there's a harrison voice voice dub in germany japan thailand friends yeah, you know there's someone like that a, has that job so like a voice uh, dupe yeah yeah one of the interesting things that we're, that's not quite there yet is say okay you record harrison ford you can drop his line he can drop a line into the tnt movie or if you're making your film and harrison ford is now off the project and you need to record a line you know getting that celebrity is a pain in the ass oh, we're like yeah. no way i'm recording anything <laughs> but yep. if you had prepaid for a synthetic version of his voice for a certain period of time you could right. obviously add new dialogue without bothering him. Now that's right. the key right so there. Then, or, so then, yeah, then you get, thinking, again, thinking, passive income. Good. Yeah, for sure. Well, even I was thinking the Carrie, Carrie Fisher, uh, you know, after she, right. she passed away. Yes, you know, like, yeah, when she'd be written. <laughs> yeah, I think you'll see that. You'll see celebrities uh, making uh, dubs of their voices and then willing it to their families. And then they'll yeah, have really. it, they could use it. No, it's kind of creepy on some level too. But uh, Kind of like an NFT. Right. Well, wasn't oh yeah, wasn't like an Roger NFT. Ebert it was one of the ones that did that, right? When he mm-hmm. right wasn't it Sir Proc did that where they took his voice and then recreated a model of it when he was unable to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was big in the early two thousands. Right. I remember that. Well, that exists. Yeah. That's part of the uh, the original the the roots or the seeds of Ropel's work is yeah. to people who are losing their voices, people with ALS or different diseases that affect their voice mm-hmm. box. Yeah. Instead of speaking in you know the the classic. Instead of everyone talking like Stephen Hawking, now, you know, if I had a problem with my voice box, I could have my voice synthesized and then I would be able to communicate with my wife and my daughters and my family in my own voice, yeah. which yeah. might be comforting for them in, 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 in a way. Uh, yeah. If I passed away, I think it'd be creepy if they use my voice uh, to, to talk to me from, from the grave, but uh, that'll be their choice. I'll be beyond caring. They have you... Um... <clears throat> 
they have you pre-programmed as their ways navigation voice. <laughs> like, hey, left turn ahead. It'll be more like when you open turn. a cooler, you'll hear dad say, have another, go ahead. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, I do like the idea of the ALS thing though, because I think that's, yeah. I think that's yeah. so important for uh, connection. Um, you know, it's it, that, that's, that's big. Yeah. There's so, more, yeah. there's more companies doing it. Is it look, Quendo or one of them is doing the, I thought it was like Quendo or is it Kepstrel? I, you know, I get a little confused with who does what, um, mm-hmm. but I know synthesis for people with um, who are losing speech or have other disabilities has become sort of a bigger market. Well, now. It's, it's interesting. New business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with that being said, we're coming up on 55 minutes, final questions, final thoughts, Emily, kicking it over to you. Final question for the, for Sam and Jim. Sure. Um, do you have any cool projects that you're working on right now? What's cool that we're working on, Sam? <laughs> Are we allowed to talk about them? I don't know. Did we sign uh, an NDA? Yeah, I was going to say, what are you talking about? Yeah. NDA with... To the Department of Health for New York City and COVID. Oh, we could talk about important. that. Yeah. So, so one that. of the, yeah. So one of the cool things that we do is globalization of spots. So take one spot in English or another language, and then put it in a bunch of other languages. So we've been doing ads since last year for the Department of Health of New York City for all of their COVID information. So we'll get the base language in English, which we've sourced that talent. And then we have it in like 10 or 11 other languages that we do. We actually did like three languages today. Like I had to mix Korean, Creole, Russian, and Polish. Those were the ones that I did. And then the day before I did um, Mandarin Chinese, Cantonese Chinese. And then um, what else did I have that day? Oh, Urdu, we had Bengali. Bengali. And then we had Spanish English the, the day before that. So, you know, like that's one of the things we specialize in. And I think that's what drives us to be so into diversity and so into inclusion, because it's just a part of who we are. It's literally in our DNA as a company. Right. We find it hard. So amazing. We we get a chance to hire. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm no problem. We get a chance to hire and meet talent all around the world uh, and and to put them on these projects. So they're, you know, authentic. They're speaking directly to their market. And it's actually very fun for Sam and I to direct in these other languages. You know, it's nice to direct in English, but it's fun to direct in these other languages Mm -hmm. as well. I'm sorry, Liam. No, what I was going to say was, did you find it difficult mixing in a language that you may not be fluent in? Um, not at all. Not, you know not the, at all. No, it's, cool. it's pretty easy. You know, you know what? The, okay, so I understand that I'm a uniquely weird human because to a degree I am bilingual. I do speak Spanish. And also I am a gigantic weeb. So because of that, I learned Japanese and I can read hiragana. So it's very easy for me to do that. And I actually know a little bit of hangul. It's very easy for me to read it. So um, because of that, I can follow along visually with the scripts. But the thing is you have to listen to the intonations. One thing I think that's mm-hmm. universal across all languages is intonation. So you're going to know based on key words or uh, key upticks in how they speak, where, what point it is supposed to be at and at the end of the day it is the same copy being read just in a different language so you know where things need to line up so i've mm-hmm. never found it difficult to mix in another language you know anybody who says it's hard is honestly just lazy and they don't want to do it <laughs> which, is, which is why we welcome the best <laughs> ben final question well, one thing I just wanted to say, I, I see those commercials all the time. Thank you guys for doing all that great work. I mean, it's important. It's a very important cause. Go get vaccinated, please. Uh, Alrighty. But yeah, I, 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 yeah, likewise, like as soon as it was available, I got it. Um, in fact, actually, the last phone conversation yeah. I had was, Who really him. <laughs> I was like, hey, I'm in line right now. Uh, I'm going to get vaccinated. So, yeah, and I was like, stay in line. Get your shot. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I wanted to have the conversation with Jim. But uh, but yeah, uh, but thank you guys for doing the, the, the hard work. That, that, that's really important. And, and I, uh, I appreciate the work that you did. I, I always ask this to, to our guests to come on. If you, if you have one question to the voice community, because we, we cater to voice. And this could be, uh, maybe we'll open it up to any uh, you know voice talent or even any brands or anything like that. If you have one question or one thing you want to tell them, what would that be? Hmm. You want to go, Sam? You want me to go? So what question do I have for the voice community? Or what? Yeah. Or anything. Uh, I'm okay. keeping it open. I'm keeping it open. So it's a, it's a little, it's a little wide open here right now. Uh, okay. Um. Oh Lord, Jim, you go first. I don't know. I gotta think. Uh, the thing I always <laughs> say is, you on the you spot. Know, I don't care. <laughs> like, start to look at uh, smart speakers and AI positively. You know, take all these negative vibe out, man. Start looking at it positively. Yep. Change is inevitable, and become familiar with the technology. And from there, you're gonna have success. I know it. 
It's going to, it's going to be, yeah. it's a great 10 years to be in this industry. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Hi, Sam, you're up. All right. So the thing is, I'm trying to phrase it as a question, which is what's tripping me up. That's the problem. So if I say a statement, it's a little easier. Um, I think basically um, one thing I would keep, you know, definitely drop the gloom and doom crap. It's not worth it. You know, Mm -hmm. people thought that the world was going to end when cars happened. People thought like teachers hated the idea of paper when it came out because they thought it was going to make students lazy. You know what? Everything evolves. Everything (laughs) changes. You cannot be stuck in the past. Otherwise, you become irrelevant. That's what it comes down to. Change always Mm -hmm. happens. You need to embrace it. But the other thing I would definitely say is, you know, make sure you are looking at this industry from more angles than you think you have. So, you know, I constantly talk about, hey, we're trying to integrate advertising into this because we have a creative side for this. We're trying to talk with the people who are creating this, uh, these smart speakers and things because they have the technical aspects. I keep talking about lawyers because they have the, le- the legal know-how in order to make sure these things are equitable and make sense. You know, you have to involve everybody from different facets of different industries and collaborating in order to make sure this is going to go well. If you don't, if you keep it one way, if you just have only one train of thought, it's going to be very linear and it's going to take forever for this stuff to evolve. For sure. For sure. That's great. Uh, Liam, any last questions? Uh, Send your demo, Liam. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, I have, I mean, you guys are so interesting to me because this is a field that I'm like really passionate about and I could spend hours talking to you. Um, Okay, so I'm, I'm going to pull out an interesting question because I, I do like asking people this. Um, if you had one voice talent, like that you had, a, whether he's a narrator or anything that is your favorite talent just to listen to or that you've worked with, who would it be and why? Keith Davids, <laughs> because I'm a Halo fan. That's, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Also, he's just like, I love his voice. He's on so many things. He he He's Dr. Facilier in... in um, Princess and the Frog. He's the arbiter in the Halo series. He just has a phenomenal voice to begin with. And I was this close to getting to meet him, and I'm still so salty about it. Also, <laughs> probably, I think I've also said this before. I think if I ever got the chance to meet Zach Callison, I would have a normal conversation with him. Everything would be great, but it would end up like Kill Bill 2, where I take 10 paces and I drop dead on the floor afterwards. That's literally what's going to happen to me. <laughs> that literally will happen to me because I am a huge Steven Universe nerd. I love that show so much. Same thing with Didi Magno Hall and Estelle. Oh my God, everybody. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, I can't get started. No, we're not doing this. Dude. This is great. This is great. Um, uh, I would say uh, I've, I've had the great pleasure to work with so many voiceover talents around the world, celebrities and day in, day out players. Uh, there was a gentleman whose name was Peter Thomas. He's, he's yes. sort of known for the voice yes. of Forensic Files. Uh, Peter and I designed the voiceover for Forensic Files. Oh, but Peter amazing. had many, many other styles. It was used to, it was called Medical Detectives, I think, when it first came out. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, we worked on all those shows together. Uh, Peter, Peter was, was just, amazing. He was an amazing guy. Oh. Uh, and obviously, you know, a little older than me. And he was just a guy in the industry who was the top. He was the best there was. Yes. But he treated me as a young engineer with equal respect and would always accept my ideas in a positive way. And the lessons that I learned from him, I use every day in our, in our, in our job. So I'd pick Peter Thomas as number one. Awesome. <laughs> That's Tears, cool. Jim. Tears. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen I have so many. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna say nor uh if you're gonna say narrators, it's either gonna be like Ray Porter, Scott Brick, or Norman Dietz. Very good. Um <laughs> just voice wise, probably Troy Baker. Good. Oh yeah. Good That's one. gonna be a fun one. That'll be a definite fun one. <laughs> oh my goodness. I would yeah. Very good. I recorded I, Lauren I mean, Bacall. That was good. So she, so many. She was good. <laughs> uh, so many good ones. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. There's it's a world of great. There's so many great talents. So yeah, many, you know, being, world, being but, blind but too, you do everybody. focus a lot more on voice. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. you focus you focus a lot more on the people behind that right. voice, and it is yeah. really fascinating. And that's yeah. what I think's got me so interested in voice work. That's yeah, cool. I, yeah. Come in. Come on in. 
I told you it's going to be great. We got ten years to be successful in. Come on, it's plenty of time. Water's nice and warm, right? It's good to oh yeah, cool. absolutely. You, you already got friends. All right. <laughs> All right. So we're over the uh, hour mark. And what we're going to do is we'll bounce Sam and Jim to the green room. If you can, please stay behind for just a few minutes. And we're going to go ahead and say some nice things about you and close out the show. Great. Well, oh, thanks, guys. That was uh, sweet. For all of us at Lotus Productions, my sister, Jillian, Sam, and I, a real pleasure to be on your show and just wish you uh, be safe and a lot of success and uh, look forward to working together in the near future. Mm-hmm. That, that would really awesome. be the best. Yes. Thanks, Jim. Thank we, you, we appreciate Jim. it. Thank you. Really no do. sweat, guys. Thanks, thanks for having us on. We really appreciate it. Yep. Oh, no. Okay. So uh, we are back. And um, that was pretty cool. That was our sponsor for the month of June and July, Lotus Productions. So if you need a voice talent or if you're looking to get into the voice talent space, reach out to Jim on LinkedIn, Jim Keneally, and he will guide you through the uh the industry process um also uh liam do you got that you got that synthetic voice fired up uh yeah i could i i think my real one sounds much better it does (laughs) it does but i mean yeah can you play it real quick i gotcha so you know a couple weeks ago you guys had spokestack on and uh, mm-hmm. I talked to Noel a little bit and uh, was was messing around with Spoke Deck. I know, Emily, you, you have as well. And uh, so uh, this guy, uh, he lives now. You're listening to Voice Spark Live. This is one of the greatest shows on the Internet. And I am one of the greatest voices on the Internet, too. <laughs> <laughs> and he's All right. modest. All right, cool. So with that being said, we're going to close out the show here. If anybody um, is interested in sponsoring the show or... Um, being a guest, please reach out. Uh, our door is always open. And uh, thank you very much. And have a good night. Good night, everybody. Good night. Oops.